you have found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, me and Pat are going to talk about Sam Smith saying that some Bulls execs may be over the court core. What does that mean? What can the Chicago Bulls also learn from the Miami Heat? And is Imani Bates worth the risk in the draft? We're going to get into all that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Locked On Bulls is free and available every day on every podcasting platform as well as YouTube, so make sure you go check it out there. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Pat, let's go ahead and get into the topics for today. First up, Sam Smith in his recent mailbag alludes to the fact that the Bulls may be over the core three. And he did say that it's come from both um, sources that he trusts and some sources that may be a little bit more uninformed, though, that a change to the core is coming. Now, when you hear that, does that is that more positive to you, that more negative? What, what, what do you think that, that may mean and, and how do you feel about it? I mean, I think realistically, right, It's it leaves me with the same concern, right? At the end of the day, I don't want to move on from DeMar DeRozan. I don't want to not see this team work out. I mean, listen, DeMar DeRozan is a heck of a basketball player. I would like for the Bulls to figure out how to use him on this team, but I think it leads you down the road that we all kind of knew was coming, right? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're going to have to try and move on from one of these guys to try and take that next step forward. I mean, you both talked about how this Bulls team feels very much like that Golden State Warriors team that had Monte Ellis on that last little run that like, hey, listen, like we like what you guys can be, but we don't think that you're going to become that together. We need to kind of split this up. Unfortunately, I think that's the path that the Bulls are heading down. I think that it's a pretty, that's a pretty solid conclusion that you're going to hold on to Zach Levine because of what you still can get for a guy like DeMar DeRozan. And I think that to me, right, like realistically, hearing Sam Smith say that just kind of, I guess, legitimizes it a little bit more. I still have the same question, like, who are the people in the front office that are saying that? But I think that, right, Sam Smith's not reporting that if it's not people that can't make, actually be a part of the decision-making, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, listen, at at this point, like we said before, like, everything needs to be open. Like, and the thing that that I want to say in this is that the Bulls have to improve, and they have to improve by any means necessary, to quote Malcolm X. And by what I mean by that is, like, <laughs> I get it that DeMar has meant a lot to the Bulls, and he played some very big roles for us, especially his first season and what he did in the fourth. But I feel like some Bulls fans are so holding on to that that they don't realize, like, he's a 34-year-old player that has one year left on his deal. If you can improve the team either in the immediate future yeah. or in the fu- just in the future in general by using that, to it to to better this team that's what you need to do we are not going to compete anytime soon we're just not and for that you have to really look and evaluate at everything you can get but see i don't i don't agree with we're not going to compete i do agree that it we're probably further away from competing for a championship that's Um, what i mean by compete yeah we're not we're not we're not going to compete for a championship but the thing is right like you're you're you should be able to keep 
competing. You should be able to remain competitive. And like I told y'all before, right? Like this is how AK is going to build this team. This is this is why the Chicago Bulls are always we're going to have this same conversation probably every offseason until either Zach Levine becomes a superstar that AK once believed that he could or we find the next superstar whether Patrick Williams turns into the magic man who does like the the uh um invisible man impersonation where all of a sudden right he's just in that mud hey i'm back you know what i mean like wait a minute where was this guy the entire time i don't know if that's gonna happen but i think that realistically where this bulls team is now there are assets that you can move that can bring you something back there are assets that you can move in a sign and trade deal that can bring you possibly some draft capital back at a minimum even second round draft capital at this point uh, especially now seeing, because I believe we also forfeit our 2025 pick to the Spurs if it lands in the top 10 next year, right? Uh, yeah, I believe. That, well, or 2025. 2025. Yeah, 2025. Yeah. So maybe able to replace some of the draft capital that you've lost as a part of that as well, right? So there's a lot that the Bulls have to try and do here at once to remain in the competitive space because at the end of the day, this is what I'll say. If you're a 38 to 40 win team, it's a lot easier to say we're one you away from being able to compete for an NBA title than it is to do that if you're a 22-win team. Yeah, <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. I mean, and when it comes to the Bulls and where they are right now, like, it's – we're really not at a, at, a, at a threat to do much. I know we've talked about, like, the look how the team looks better with a point guard and all that, all this, like – the, the, at the end of the day, right now where the where the Bulls sit, their future is murky and their present ain't much clearer either. And so because yeah. of that, you have to explore a lot. And so, you know, yeah. we'll end up seeing what, what ends up happening. I, I like hearing that, you know, the front office is considering, you know, moving something. And it may mean this all that quote also, and I read that and it had to be realistic, that quote may literally just mean, oh, well, we realize we may be losing Fooch. Like, really, when you think about it, it sounds good to be able to say, like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're ready to move off the core. There's a significant change coming when really that significant change really could just be, oh, yeah, we we realize that Vooch is probably going to leave. It's so, funny because I was talking with uh, Robbie Gold uh, before he went on Waddle and Sylvie one day, and I was talking about Vooch, and I was like, Vooch, it seems like he want to stay here. I mean, he just bought a house here. Why wouldn't he want to stay here? And literally what Robbie said to me was, it's Chicago. Everybody buys a house here. He's good for it. That doesn't mean he's going to play out the rest of his career here. It just means he wants to be here. <laughs> so I was like, I, I when I look to a degree, not everybody buys a house in Chicago. Well, not everybody. But if you get 20 million from Chicago, you could buy a house in Chicago and call I mean, it a this day. Is true. This <laughs> is true. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like he could have walked in, paid cash and then like slapped somebody and walked out. And just, <laughs> like, it's my house now. You know what I mean? But I just this my house now. My house now. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you slap him? Why'd you slap him? No, I just I just look at it in, in the, the sense of. Right, like if you're gonna run this thing back, or if you're going to run it back with only two of the three, mm -hmm. is that the worst case scenario here? Because realistically, we've talked about how there just isn't enough opportunity for everybody to get a chance and for these young players to grow. I think if I'm looking at this team and I say I want to see development this season, if one of the big three, big three is gone, um, 
that means somebody else has to step up. That means somebody else has to get those shots. That means somebody else has to fill in that role. So who's that player going to be? Is that going to be Kobe White? Is that going to be Patrick Williams? Is that going to be Dalen Terry maybe getting some opportunity off the bench here, right? Like, I think that that's the one part that maybe, that's probably the only thing that excites me about the Bulls possibly pivoting into not having one of them here or maybe two of them here is the fact that you're going to have to use these young guys that you brought in and you were like, hey, we know we got you here, but stand over there and do absolutely the bare minimum because we got these other guys here that are ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, we'll end up seeing what happens and, you know, what this Bulls team – I really – not that I'm wanting an offseason of just move this guy, move that guy, move this yeah. guy. It's just we just want improvement. That's all it is. Just improve well, the team. Let me let me ask you this, based on what we saw in the second half of that season, would you be willing to say that you're a couple pieces away from what the Knicks did this year, right? Like technically, Jalen Brunson would be hopefully what we have in Zach Levine. That's what you want your number one scoring option to be on the team. That would that would be what our hope is. Yeah. Are we the R.J. Barrett and/or Julius Randle away from having that bounce back season? that the Knicks had this season, even though they got their heads kicked in in the second round and Julius Randle probably should be traded. Well, here's the thing. Like, Julius Randle, he sucks in the playoffs. Like, I can't. I, Julius I mean, Left! <laughs> right, before this goes left, we're going to go ahead and move right along and talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Prize Picks, especially during this playoff season. You guys should be using Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than the Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, and this includes in NBA, NFL, MLB. NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, which is actually, come to find out, WNBA is a trick uh, or a hack when it comes to this type of thing because they don't know how to cap WNBA yet because they don't really do a lot of research into it. So if you want to do daily fantasy sports, <laughs> I, I suggest you go look at the WNBA. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Alright, everydayers. <laughs> Make sure you guys are going and checking out. Uh, if you're on the YouTube side, just go over over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a five-star review there. If you're on the podcast side, just go and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. You can help us grow that way. It's really easy. All right, Pat, let's go ahead and get into it. Talk about really easy. I wish it was that easy for the Bulls, but we're going to ask the question, what can the Bulls learn from the Miami Heat? This is what every team should learn. Leadership and mentality will take you further than pure talent. There are a lot of talented players in this NBA. I want the most talented players on my team. But more times than not in the NBA, we find guys who, are they the most talented guys on some of these championship teams? Mm -hmm. They do something well, right? They, they, they make certain plays well. They do big things well. But to me, 
and not to say the Miami Heat are a championship team yet, but the fact that they're competing here, when I look at their team and I see Jimmy Butler and seven undrafted players that are, right, like, they're only running eight deep. It's like, bam, Jimmy, undrafted. They're only running eight deep in the playoffs. When I see that, the first thing that I ask myself is, okay, how are they doing this? The leadership is in place, not just from the coaching standpoint, but from the standpoint of the star player or the number one player being the person that's looking at everybody else in the room and saying, hey, if y'all don't work, I might punch you in your face. And mm -hmm. I know we live in a world where, oh, my goodness, we shouldn't come to this. This isn't the, the way that you should lead. Man, whatever. Because sometimes you need to be told what direction to go. And when you have a team that is either young or maybe isn't the most talented, you have to build that mentality in those players that we're tougher than you are. I don't care how talented you are. And that is what I see from the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics. There's no way that you can look at the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics and say Miami's the more talented team. Miami lost their best shooter. Jimmy Butler wasn't even a best shooter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's facts. Um, it's it's listen. The one thing that I, I and I said this over on Central as well when I talked about this a little bit is that um, the, the 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 Miami Heat just proved that it's better to be a smart organization than it is necessarily have a bunch of high draft picks. This team is Jimmy Butler surrounded by a bunch of undrafted players, and you know why? Because Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra are just smart. They're smart in player acquisition. They're smart in balancing out contracts. They're smart at player development. They're just a smart organization. And sometimes being smart is better than having a, a ton of high draft picks year after year. You yeah. have to be a smart organization. You have to you have to structure your deals correctly. You have to. It's just the Miami Heat are a well-run organization and a well-coached organization. When you do that and you build a team properly and intelligently. The sky's the limit for it. And that's the biggest thing that I think to take away from it. But see, this is the tough part, right? Like, I've seen Eric supposed to suck when the players aren't good enough on his team. Right? Like, that. that's that's the I, part for I me. Have, I can't say I've ever seen him suck. I, I've seen I've seen Miami suck, right? When D-Wade left, they suck. They yeah. they were relying heavily on Chris Bosh, and then Chris Bosh didn't happen, and their best player was uh, um, DeLon Wright. Ain't that, ain't that who it was? Their best player was DeLon Wright? They yeah, but that's, not, that's but that's not because of, of Eric Sposa sucking as a coach to me. That's because the roster was terrible. The roster was terrible. But what I'm yeah. saying is, right, like, you have to have a guy that is the talented player on that team. They have the Jimmy Butler. Now, is he surrounded by the best talent in the NBA? No. So how do we take, right, and, and this is where, to me, this is a very similar situation to what the Chicago mm -hmm. Bulls are in. Chicago Bulls don't have the best talent. They don't. It's, it's Zach Levine. You could say we could say he's upper echelon, uh, uh, top fifty in the NBA talent. We could say Demar Derozan is top fifty. We could say Vooch is top. He might be right at fifty, basically. I think that's how they ranked him this year. But Vooch might be leaving. So now you're talking about maybe a team that has just Zach or Demar. Okay, we've got these two players that are at the top of our team. That's Bam and Jimmy. What are you doing with the rest of these guys? Kobe White. Where's he ranked? Probably top. 150 players in the NBA, you know, Patrick Williams, top 250, right? Like, as you start to go down the list, I see a bunch of dudes who, yeah, they high in draft capital, but they're not that guy. So how do we get them to the next level? You got to change the mentality. You want to know what I see different about Gabe Vincent? 
that this man really think he can stop anybody standing in front of him. And he's going to come down on the other end and take the best three that he can give him. That's just being mentally strong at this point. Because Gabe Vincent ain't better than Jason Tatum. Well, the thing is, too, though, is but that you, that's also empowered by coaching trusting you. Like, it's, it's, it's easier as a player when you, your coach is, uses you correctly, right, and puts you in situations where you feel more confident to play above what, what people may look at you on. And that's that's where, and like, even, even I just went and looked that up. Even the season, like you said, after Dwayne Wade lost, guess how many wins the Miami Heat Probably had 30. this season? Probably 30, 32. 41 wins. They were a 500 wins. Ooh. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So, like, well, well, I mean, listen, we got 40. That's why we, we write that. That still yes, sucks. We have listen, way listen, better We don't feel good that. about we, our 40. We have way <laughs> better talent than that team. Like, that's the thing, though. Like, that's we, facts, we, facts. So it's it's just like it's – and it was a different NBA then, too. Let me what you mean, clear. man? Norris Cole was cooking out. No, I'm just playing. But even <laughs> to that point, right, to, to your point on that, yeah. a coach having trust in you. Spo didn't trust Duncan Robinson. Spo didn't want to put Duncan Robinson back out there. Tyler, Spo went through three different people before he finally was like, Duncan, get in the game. Yeah, but he allowed him <laughs> to earn that trust, though, because when Duncan did get in there and perform, he started using him more often. But, his, but here's the thing. Duncan lost that trust. Jimmy Butler has to be the one on the court like Duncan. Because when he first got in there, Duncan was pump faking like a mug. Jimmy got in it. Take the shot. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, having a player the on, the, on the so court. So you got to – that's what I'm saying. Well you have him. to have that – you have to have that progression, right? Like – I, I, Billy's definitely not Spo. We'll never say that. But I don't think he's the worst coach in the NBA either, like many people are trying to paint him as. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, me and you have been we're very big that all the time. Like, we're very – and people hate it to hear – like, Billy Donovan is not a horrible basketball coach. He's not. But, but there was nobody on the team that was willing to stand up to anybody on his team until Patrick Beverly got here that said, why are you not guarding the corner? <laughs> we went through a year and a half of people. Like, I kept coming on here and telling y'all, bro, y'all can't tell me Billy Donovan's not in the huddle telling them to close out in the corner. Yes. <laughs> Pat Bev shows up a week. Why are you not in the corner? Get in the corner. And Booch sitting there. Oh, it's not my man. How am I supposed to? Shut up and get in the corner. <laughs> you need that mentality, those level of play. I think that that's, that's the best that the Bulls can hope for. Going into next season, you have to find the guy that I don't care if he's a real, and maybe we have him. Maybe that's Dalen, realistically. And Dalen was just turning maybe Dalen. He was just waiting a year. He was like, hey, hey, Dalen was like, I can't cuss nobody out as a rookie. Year two, I'm on your ass. Well, I mean, first you got to get in the game, right? You got to you got to be in the game uh, to, before you can cuss people out. But once you get in the game and you play well, oh, Dalen's going to be on people's. But like you can, I can see it right now. Dalen literally Zach Levine missing a rotation, and Dalen's gonna be over like, what, what are we doing? Don't let Dalen get fifteen points. <laughs> That's Second hilarious. Dalen score fifteen points, Dalen gonna be looking at Zach like you're not shooting that. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, bro. hilarious, oh, man. Uh, that's crazy. But, hey, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still developing as a team. Let's hope that we continue to, to grow. And we need a leader. I mean, that's what we've talked about. Like, yeah, and that's regardless the problem. Of, we need a leadership. That's the biggest that's, problem. That's we the biggest problem. We have no leadership on this team. We found, we, me and you both said that we you shouldn't be looking for leadership from the damn uh, uh, the buyout market. But we found it. <laughs> and, you know, now that per that person wants $15 million a year. So we're going to have to find it again. Here's, here's, here's the tough part, right? Realistically, you might be in a position where you have to pay Pat Bev, not 15, but maybe 8 to 10, 
just because of the lack of leadership that this team has. Yeah. You really might be in that position. And the thing about that is, right, that shows you the importance of having a leader. Look how the Bulls played when they had somebody that was going to get in their face. Yeah. Look how look how the Miami Heat played. Miami Heat weren't good all season. They were they were a middling team. But look how the Miami Heat played when Jimmy Butler turned it up and he was like, y'all coming with me? Yeah. That's what so, you need. Absolutely. 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 Well, in talking about needs, right, one of the ways that you feel your needs is the is the NBA draft. And so the Chicago Bulls seem to be poised to maybe trade into the draft. Now, it's not. I'll tell you right now, the, the dreams of the third, number 10, listen, uh, let all that go. More than likely, the Bulls are going to be getting the New York Knicks 23rd pick from the Portland Trailblazers to remove protection. That's the most likely scenario. And that may not even necessarily happen, but there is a player out there who has a pending gun charge and some issues that have completely dropped him. Some people think that he may not even be drafted, but guy has talent, and that is Imani Bates. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is Imani Bates talent for a team that needs, he can be a wing, he can be a power forward, for a team that needs an influx of cheap talent, do you think that Imani Bates is worth the risk for the Chicago Bulls? Yes, always. Uh, here's, here's the thing that that uh, you'll never hear me pretend to have in, in these conversations. Um, this this upstanding belief that I can't let this guy on my team because he's got issues with this. So then you want he's, Dylan Brooks then? Dylan Brooks ain't that good. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> hey, that's, that's the thing, right? You got to be talented. <laughs> I, I don't care. And here's the reason why. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the owners of your team. Get mad at the GMs of your team. Because at the end of the day, John Morant will again be in a Grizzlies jersey. I guarantee you, you can bet on that. Take that to prize picks wherever you want to do it. Um, Man, he just won't be just talent. Won't be. He, may, he may be suspended half the season. Maybe suspended half the year. But here's the talent trumps everything. And when I say everything, barring something insane, yeah. we've seen people that literally have been associated or charged with like Miles serious crime in the NFL this year. Miles Bridges said, will what? be back in NFL, the NBA this year. NBA. He will, he like will be like legit, serious crimes. Yeah. But because of their talent, they continue to play. And so I I, I the the gun charge, everything that, that is going on with Imani Bates. That doesn't concern me. I think the real question you have to ask yourself is, is he talented enough for you to remove the protection on the Portland pick? That's the real question that I think we need to be looking at here because realistically, if, if you get 64 people, or you get 32 teams, 64 people, to look at this guy twice and say, we don't want to deal with it, it would be a miracle. to me. But if you feel like that's going to happen, can you take the chance of removing the protections because of how much it does hamstring the New York Knicks? And then on top of that, if you get this guy at 23, are you going to play him? <laughs> yeah. Um, Daily with 18. Well, that's the thing. He is, he is raw, and I can absolutely see them not necessarily playing him the first year because that's bulls. It is what it is. But I will say this. Even if you want him to spend – a year down in the G League or whatever to to rehab him, get him focused, whatever you want to do. He needs to put on weight because the dude's one not, uh, 190 at 6'9". He needs to put on some weight. But um, the key thing is, is like, do you really see? Because, listen, the dude, can he can flat out score. He can flat yeah. out pass. He He's has modern-day small forward written all over him. But if you really do think that, that, that those draft concerns aren't necessarily as serious – 
If you if he's there at 23 and you take him, I'm not necessarily mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Here's here's what I've literally looked at when I've seen Imani Bates. He looks like tall if John Morant was tall. And that's not right, the comparison with everything of the, the charges and all that. Like he looks like if John Morant wasn't six, what is he, six one, six two? If that I feel like we give him six one, six two to make him feel I good. Imani Bates is six nine. Huh? Like that's yeah. how Imani Bates attacks the bucket. His way, like I, I get the weight argument. He's got to put on some weight, different things like that. But he's fearless. Oh yeah, yeah he, he's he, not worried about I'm 190. He's worried about are you gonna get this 190 on your head top when I'm going to the bucket? Yeah. And that to me is something that I think the Chicago Bulls kind of have in Zach, but you need somebody who can, I, I think, be the primary ball handler. And I think Imani Bates can f- turn himself into that. And for me, I'd be willing to remove the protections on the pick if I can get the 23 pick from Portland. In that situation. Now, if we do do that, the one question that I would have to ask, and I haven't gone in depth in the draft breakdown with a lot of these guys is, is there a big man out there that is going to be available who we think is the next Walker Kessler that we thought the Bulls should have taken last year? I mean, so if the Bulls do get that, right, let's say they get 23. Uh, there are some prospects around there. Not really any big. I mean, the closest big man to that, I guess, would be Gigi Jackson, who's 6'9". But again, that, he's more of a power forward. You got Chris Murray there as well. There's not really very many center prospects. That I like. There's an international player named James Najee, but I haven't done much research on him. He looks like he's 6'10", yeah. 225. But there's not a lot of center prospects out there in this draft. So it doesn't seem like there's going to be a Walker Kessler type in this draft. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I would I would take the chance if if I feel like... And I guess the thing is, too, right? Do you feel like Imani Bates is going to actually fall that far? Bro, I, it's like most mocks that I saw him have him either not drafted or dead last in the second round. So, like, and that even could still be a reach, potentially. And it, and it sucks because the Bulls would have had the 57th overall pick, but we forfeited it because of the Alonzo uh, Ball situation. Then our other... We could have had two second-round picks in this draft. The other one goes to the Washington Wizards. Uh, but that, that would have been 42. But even then, right, then that's if you feel like he's going to fall that far in that situation, buy a pick. That could be. Being the Chicago yeah. Bulls, we know about selling second round draft picks. <laughs> yeah, buy true. a pick. Yeah. Buy a pick in the second round. If you feel like he's going to fall that far, go get him. There Don't sit there and, and waste the draft capital. Don't sit there and waste, right? Like I know the, the, the Portland pick is just burning a hole in Bulls fans' pockets. Yeah, we hate that it's here because of the protections one. We'll see, man. Hey, let's see. I, I mean, if the Bulls do get into this draft, you can do a lot worse than Imani Bates. And um, not to say that they're going to get a prospect that can contribute day one like a Walker Kessler. But again, like we said before, if you can do anything that you that you feel drastically helps you in the future, you do it. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what ends up being go- going on with that one, man. Well, I hope. I don't know. I. Do I hope that they trade back into the draft? I don't know what I hope anymore. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have hope. Don't give me hope. Hey, hey, man, follow us on everything at Locked On Boys. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. I've got no hope. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls. And tomorrow's episode, me and Pat will continue to give you that daily content. Uh, yeah, we'll continue to do that every day during the uh, offseason. But that is it for us for today. For, for Pat the Designer, I'm uh, Hayes, and this has been Locked On Bulls. We out, y'all. Peace. Peace. Let's go, boys.